presented by Onyx. Broadcasting from the Prairie Sportsman Studios. This week's show is brought to you by Ottertail Lakes Country. Go to ottertaillakescountry.com. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to sportingjournalradio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at sportingjournalradio.com. About 12 years ago, Adam Forsythe was making jigs for his lake trout fishing. And he was playing around with some different designs and different sizes. And he gave one to Matt Brewer and said, Matt, play around with this thing. See what you think about it and uh, see what you can catch on it. He said, you need to make these for eel pout as well. And that's where Big Nasty Tackle was formed. And he ran that uh, that company making those jigs for a number of years. And then about two years ago, then Matt Erickson and Dave Whitner uh, purchased uh, the company. And Matt joins us right now here on the show. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. I had a good conversation with Adam. Adam couldn't be here with us today, but I had a good conversation with him, and he shared a bunch of stories about uh, about making those those big jigs. You know what? The one question I forgot to ask him, I was going to ask him where the name came from, uh, Big Nasty, because that, I mean, immediately when you hear the name Big Nasty, you know exactly what, everybody knows exactly what jigs you're talking about when you hear the name Big Nasty. Yeah, it's got a good reputation. It's got a good name around. Absolutely. Do you know, do you know where, where the name came from? We don't. Uh, that's what it was when we got it, and we liked it. It's got name recognition, and it sells clothes. Everybody wants to have big, nasty clothes. <laughs> it sells clothes. Uh, that's half of marketing right there, just having it a good is. name and a good look. There you go, right there. Maybe it's, maybe it's because Eel Pout. Uh, you know, Eel Pout used to have kind of a, that, like, I don't want to say a, a nasty reputation, but for a long time, people had that perception of them as being trash fish and, oh, they're slimy and they wrap around your arm and all that stuff. Well, thankfully, that reputation is changing and people are starting to appreciate just what what fun those fish are, uh, what they mean for water quality and how much fun they can be, you know, how 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 delicious they can be and just how much fun they can be to catch. And personally, I think they just look cool. That's what I've always liked about them. It's just the look. And they're like, uh, I think... I remember if it was Durham or Rylander. I was talking to, I, we fished with the Jasons the other night filming for Prairie Sportsman. And I, I'm pretty sure one of them said they're like snowflakes. No two are alike. They all kind of look a little bit different. And uh, and yeah. that's what I appreciate about them. Uh, I think they're pretty cool, pretty cool looking fish. And I, and obviously you've seen the explosion in popularity in these fish too, haven't you? It's just crazy. It's, it's picking up all over all kinds of states in in the Union here in Canada and overseas in Europe. It's just crazy. So we did this story for Prairie Sportsman, and um, my nephew Dan over there, he was telling me, well, if you're going to go pout fishing, you got to get these big, nasty jigs. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, all right, so I'll do that. And then he went to, to Bemidji State, so he's like, yeah, I stopped into Northwoods there, and he can pick some up. So we went there, and we were talking to them about it, and they told us about you and being over in Cass Lake. Well, we had to go through Cass Lake anyway, so that's when I called you up, and I said, we got to stop by and, and learn a little bit more about these jigs and how you make them, and I appreciate you walking us through the entire process of making those jigs, Matt. Yeah, no problem. We, we're, we're not trying to hide anything. We make a good product, and we hope people appreciate it and buy it. So we went and got to see some of the process, including painting some of those jigs there at the shop. And the one thing that you didn't, oh yeah. So you, you powder coat them? Yeah, they're powder coated in fluid bed. Now, so we're looking at this bubbling substance here. 
And that's actually, that's just air causing that, right? That's correct. Yep. Now you wouldn't think that looks like it's 150,000 degrees and, but that's just air, air bubbling under there to make it boil like that. That's correct. Yep. We have, we run nine different boxes. Now we're putting three more in today for new colors coming this fall. Oh, is that top secret or can we talk about those colors? No, no, it's not top secret. We're not set on the colors yet. We do know we're going to do a glow white, but we're not sure on the other two colors. I'll tell you what, that's the one thing you didn't, you didn't take me into the radioactive room where you, where you have, you have your secret glow ingredients because man, so Adam was telling me, I'm going to, I wrote this down. I got to find the exact thing. Yeah. He, when he was painting these, cause I told him, I said, man, how do you get those things to glow so much? And he just said, yeah, one time I had them all lined up on a drying rack and I could turn all the lights off and read the newspaper. <laughs> that's how bright it was. We've had multiple reports where people get them in their mail and they have them laying on their table overnight and they get up at two o'clock in the morning and they're still glowing. Wow. That's crazy. So obviously like any other glow thing, you charge them a little bit with some light, but how long are you supposed to get a glow out of them before you have to recharge them like that? We've been here and the, the, we do powder coat on all of them and then some of them have the paint. The original color lasts between 20 and 30 minutes, sometimes longer I've heard. Um, the powder, the regular powder quarter ones we're doing now with different colors last about half that time, 10 to 20 minutes. I like big, heavy jigs when you're fishing a little bit deeper. We were, we weren't fishing too deep when we were using them last time, but it was still nice to get down to the bottom in a hurry. These are generally a little bit heavier, but you offer a, a variety of, of weights and sizes for these now, don't you? Yeah. When the three spoon sizes, we offer five eighths, one and an eighth ounce and one and three eight ounce. And then we order, we have uh, six different jig head sizes from eighth ounce all the way up to one ounce. Uh, we found that these are good for more than just the uh, eel pout and trout, honestly. Um, the guys are catching on for walleye now. They're fishing them over 30 foot breaks and they're dropping down some eighth ounce stuff, quarter ounce stuff, three eighths mm. ounce, and they're slamming walleyes with them. Well, it makes sense. I mean, half the time, all the eel pot I've caught have been when I was walleye fishing. So obviously you can find them in some of the same areas and having a, having a glow presentation, maybe tipped with a minnow head too, or, um, you know, really you're fishing with a lot of the same, same kind of stuff for both of those species. But man, we dropped, I, so I like that spoon. I love a rattle. I love, excuse me. I love making noise while I'm down there pounding the bottom. It was, it was actually kind of funny. I, when we fished with the Jasons the other night, the first thing it was still light out so when i got there i dropped my underwater camera down and i just wanted to get get a look at the bottom of the lake kind of get an idea of the structure we were fishing uh, while it was still bright enough to use it and i even turned the light on on the camera and rylander's like oh pound that camera on the bottom a little bit you'll have a neil pout right now and i was like oh, really i mean with the light on and everything he goes oh yeah so i pounded the camera on the bottom and sure enough i had an eel pout come right up and bump his head right into the camera and then I bet I saw five or six before before we even hit sunset. I've just pounded the bottom. So I like that big profile, that big heavy spoon with the rattle in there. Make a lot of noise down on the bottom. Yeah, that guy right there. And uh, just make a racket. Call those fish in, Matt. Yeah, that's, that's what we're known for. Um, it's been catching on. It's just been great the last two years since we've owned it. So it was, it was kind of funny. Uh, um, Adam was telling the story about he was making those jigs and then one day he just he got a phone call from a guy in Finland 
said, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to order some, I don't know how to do a finish. I'm not sure that's finished. I would like to order some of these, these big nasty jigs. It's like, how did you hear about us in Finland? And he, he wasn't doing any marketing, he said, but uh, between Matt Brewer and Jason Rylander and then Brett McComas and Jason Durham, they were putting these videos on YouTube and these guys all around the world were seeing them and saying, oh, I need to get some of those jigs to do some fishing over here. Yeah, here's Durham catching one the other night around one of those jigs right there. This is uh, something that you'll see on Prairie Sportsman kind of coming up later this season, uh, probably in a month or so. But uh, they're fun. I mean, and that's not even a real big one, but that right there will show you just why they're so much fun to catch. They're, they're kind of like lake trout in a sense for me or trout because they they're never they never really sit still they're so strong and muscular and they just are angry and not happy about their current situation which means it's a it's a lot of fun on the other end of the rod there yeah i love how they wrap around your arm when you probably pick them out of the <laughs> hole it's just great <laughs> now you're actually shipping jigs to finland and and around the world aren't you Sweden and Norway and, and some of the European countries. Yeah, I've been contacted by a distributor over there and wants to do everything Europe for me. And that's why we've uh, kind of tried some alternative stuff now. So I've got all the, the top four sizes, the three spoons and then one ounce in alternative metal, no lead. And that's what it's a requirement to be in the European Union. I think you're going to start seeing that more and more around here too. So sounds like you're ahead of the game. So. Yeah, we're looking at the future. We want to make sure this is a lasting endeavor and um, just keep expanding, get new product, do quality. Um, that's that's our goal. Are you hearing from people asking about alternatives to lead yet or any any people saying they don't want alternatives to lead? Or, uh, you know, I, I feel like the conservation mindset is becoming more and more prevalent, especially with younger generations out there when it comes to, especially when it comes to like catch and release. But I can see a lot of those people being open as long as they can get to the bottom, you know, with an alternative to lead and uh, they've got something that they can pound the bottom with. I don't think they're going to have any, pr and, and the price of course, but I don't think they're going to have any problem with using alternatives around here. New Hampshire and uh, Montana are big on alternative. I sell a few to them right now. Um, it's, it's not huge numbers right now, but it's taken off. As I've put more and more online now, I'm getting orders for them. And I know Montana and New Hampshire are real real big on them. The biggest problem has been the, the cost of getting some of that alternative stuff. Is it is that cost coming down? Is it becoming more comparable? Or is that still a barrier? It's going up. It's going it, up. It keeps going up, yeah. It's, it's over 10 times the amount for the tin that I'm using or alternative versus lead right now. Wow. Um, it's just... But we're trying to do it. We're trying to, it's, we got to get it done. Um, it, the world's going that way. I mean, we mm -hmm. outlawed steel shot and or lead shot, lead you know, shot. and shells and now we're doing steel. So we, we're, we're going that way. We know it's going to come eventually. So we got to figure out how to do it. Um, it does weigh about 20% less than the lead, which isn't too bad when you're using the big jigs. I'm trying to make some bigger spoons right now, go up to the two and three and four ounce size. Uh, at 20% less, and they will still get down there to that 60 feet, 100 feet. So, Well, and as much lake trout fishing I do in deeper water up in Saskatchewan, I'll, I'll welcome some of those bigger pieces in, in that glow. I mean, that glow is just unreal. Uh, so some bigger jigs in, in that glow, I'll, I'll happily take a few off your hand. Absolutely. Sure. Um, you know, and so we can find you in MD Pond and Cass Lake. 
that's remake. I'm a, you got a pawn shop and a tackle shop there too. And it was pretty pretty funny, guys. We went in there and we, we were miking them up for the TV show for Prairie Sportsman. And you looked at the microphones and you're like, hey, I've, I've got a set of those microphones here, here in the shop. Come take a look. Well, you don't have them in the shop anymore. I've been using nope. them. So uh, it, you never know what you can find in a place like that. Yeah, that's the benefit of a pawn shop. Things turn over something new all the time. I got people coming on a weekly basis just to look and see what's new. Well, where can we find you um, online or, um, or you know, obviously you're in Cass Lake there. People can find you if you're driving through Cass Lake. You'll see you on the side of the road there. Uh, where else can we find you in the digital world? BigNastyTackle.com. It's our website. It's uh, user-friendly. It's for, for cell phones, desktops. Uh, we ship out every morning. And can people, people can order them online too? Yep. Yep. Just go right to Big Nasty I Tackle and uh, it'll come up and we pay through PayPal. And um, I, get, I get the orders every morning. Uh, any questions, you can talk, you go to BigNastyTackle at gmail.com and that comes into my desk and I answer questions and give us a call on the telephone. There you go. Look at those colors. And uh, when are, when are we going to see the new colors? You think? Um, I try to have them out by September. That's my goal. September. Okay. Very good. All right, Matt Erickson, big nasty tackle. Good luck with everything up there. Thanks for the time today on the show. All right, next here on the show, we're going to talk parenting tips with Eric Osberg from Otter Tail Lakes Country. Eric, uh, I saw, I could have sworn it was a school day the other day, and I saw you out on the ice fishing with your kid, and I know it was his birthday. Did, was that a weekday or was that, did, did you take him fishing for his birthday or what? Well, just so you know, that was an old picture. That okay. wasn't of that day. <laughs> oh, and, and, all right. And as long, as long as you bring it up, my wife is a principal, okay? <laughs> so my kids never get out of school. Like they, if, if, if they're, like they have to have a fever of 100 and, and we have to have witnessed the vomit, right? Like they can't, <laughs> like we, we like I want to take the boy up to the rainy river in March or late March or, or early April, but it's got to be a weekend because he can't get out of school because my wife's a principal. So, so well, no, I did not. He was not skipping school. Well, I got a couple of dates for you to come up to the rainy river, April five oh, and six. Well, yeah, we're having our 500 show party up there. You should definitely, there you go. it's during the week though. So I'll write you a note. I'll tell you what I, I can, I can come up during the week. It's just my boy can't, which All is okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll throw up and then you, you take a picture of, of Willie and make it look like he's throwing up and I'll Photoshop it. So it looks like it's him doing it and we'll send it to your wife and I'll get him out of school for you. Okay. Now I'm in trouble with the wife. Good job. <laughs> well, it's my fault. I brought, I brought it up. It's my fault. It's going to, we're, we're going to be teaching classes up there. We'll just, there's going to okay. be some edu education going on. So we'll, We'll make it worth his while. Uh, we'll tell him happy birthday for us, first of all. We will. We will. Like, Thank you. That kid loves to fish. And it could have been a recent picture because ice fishing isn't over yet, is it, Eric? Ice fishing is not over in Otter Tail Lakes country. Um, there's good ice. We were out this weekend, and I did not have an extension. I was using a pistol bit, and I had, I like, every inch of that auger is what it took to get down to the bottom. Um, and, and as long as the, and the, and the snow is kind of settled, there's still slush. There's still, you know, it, it, it's been a hard winter as far as moving around goes, but, uh, there's, I, there might be that, there you go. Yep. We were out with Randon. Um, 
and uh, there's there I there's three dare I say four weeks of ice fishing, mm. um, depending on obviously what the what the temperatures do. But there's a lot of ice, and it's going to be a while before it's gone. Well, I know you guys have been targeting tulipies out there. We've talked to Randon about it a little bit too. And you had did you guys take some veterans out? We took some hospital workers out. We took some healthcare heroes out. That's so our, nice. our local hospitals, so Perham Health, Tri County Health, and Lake Region Health, uh, we're we're connected with American Heroes Outdoors. And so our idea uh, this year was, hey, let's do something a little bit different. Healthcare workers have had a pretty rough stretch over the last couple of years. Let's uh, let's give them a day of thanks and appreciation and get them out of the office, so to speak. And so, yeah, we took uh, we took nine or ten healthcare workers. There you go. Took nine or ten healthcare workers out and had a blast. Um, and it was they were they were so. And you, if you've been around veteran events, right, where yeah. where the veterans are very appreciative and they just they keep saying thank you and thank you and thank you. It was the same bit. It was the same deal. They just they just felt very fortunate and 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 the fish cooperated and and it worked out Hmm. that's great well and and it looked like you guys were fishing tulabies i think on that trip was that on on that trip we were fishing bluegills we were we were primarily bluegill focused and uh we caught enough for a fish fry for lunch which is always a which is always a good thing so we had fresh fish right on the ice and then and then uh over the weekend uh saturday morning we went and, and we had a uh, Randon had a bachelor party. Uh, he was entertaining a bachelor party uh, for a guide trip, and I was just—I was his first mate, so to speak. Oh, sure. And uh, that, that that morning we targeted Tulabi, and we had so we had thirteen guys, and and all of them except for three caught at least one Tulabi, and that's it, wow. Again, I know you and Randon talked about this already, but if you've never targeted Tulabi. It's a hoot. It's a blast. Uh, they're they're hard fighting fish. They're in deeper water. Um, it's different. It's interesting. It's just a nice change of pace, especially this time of year. Well, and especially this time of year when you can't target, say, walleyes. Um, obviously, you can go after panfish, and there's a few panfish in Otter Tail County. There's a nickname there, for there, that, I think. The old panfish there paradise. Is a, there is a few in in panfish paradise. Yes, sir. But tulabies, uh, they're good smoked. They're, they're fun to catch, and it is something a little bit different. And I know guys are – it's almost like the eel pouch story. Tulabies are becoming more popular as a target fish. I think people are just starting to look at as, – and especially as catch and release becomes more and more popular with younger generations, I think they're looking at every fish is fun to catch and the challenge of trying to target that fish because they all have different habits and tendencies. So sometimes you have to change your presentation up a little bit, try a different bait, fish on the bottom, fish suspended. For tulabies, I'd imagine you were in probably deeper water fishing somewhere in the middle of the water column, I bet. Yeah, we were in 68 to 70 feet of water and the fish were anywhere from 30 to 50, 60 feet down. And, and, um, yeah, and I'm not good at catching tulabies. I don't have the magic touch. Uh, some people do. The The funniest part was, so we had this, there was, it was a bachelor party. So there was a, there was three guys that showed up a little late, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we started in the morning and there was three guys that decided, you know what? I need more sleep. Um, maybe they've got so, a picture we could use to get Willie out of school. Exactly, exactly. So so the, these three guys, um, 
one there was there, I, I mentioned three guys hadn't caught a, a tulipy, and so these three guys roll in right like they're they're just out of bed, and and one guy had been working his flasher so hard for hours and he just couldn't get one to bite. And one of these guys comes over and sits down and picks up a rod and two two strokes of the wand and boom, he's hooked up. And we're like, see? <laughs> it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. Yeah, but uh, it was, uh, no, it was, it was it, it, especially when you're on a, when you're on a multiple day trip, right? Like you're fishing Friday, you're fishing all day Saturday, whatever it is, that, that morning tulipy bite is just a nice change of pace just, just to try something a little bit different, and then you can go back and target those uh, bluegills and crappies. So I haven't been to the to any of the sports shows in Fargo for a number of years since I lived up there, probably. But we always had a fun time at the sportsman show there at the Fargo Dome, and I just remember. Uh, Twiggy, the water skiing squirrel, is who I always remember. That was always kind of the big thing. He always they they'd come into the radio stations with this squirrel and be like, "Yeah, this squirrel's gonna be water skiing." Brian Chin would come by. The squirrel's gonna be water skiing uh, later today at the Fargo Dome. Like, huh? But uh, I didn't see Twiggy this time around in some of the promotions for it. But I did see a talking otter. There was a talking otter. Uh, your inner otter was at the uh, uh, Red River Valley Sportsman Show. And uh, was happy to be there, uh, and and that's you know we we don't typically do a lot of sportsman shows, but uh, we 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 thought that uh, hey let's try something different, and and it's you know it, it as people were walking through the place, it was it was fun to see people we knew connect with people we didn't know, and uh, just uh, just try to share the the plethora of things to do in Ottertail County that are outdoor related. So in the summertime in Fargo, the town was like a ghost town because everybody would go to, to Lakes Country and head to places like Ottertail County, go to their lake cabins, go to their friends' places, or, or go to a resort. And a lot of those plans are being made now. So if somebody wants to come up and, and uh, spend a weekend or a week up at one of those 1,100 lakes or so that you got up there in Ottertail Lakes Country, now's the time to plan that, isn't it? Yeah. What did, what did I say off camera? If you plan on coming here in the summer... You better plan now. Yeah, don't. And worry. and and uh, yeah, there's 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 openings at local resorts, and um, but the one thing I would add is is most of the openings are are most of the most people booked from Memorial Day to Labor Day, right? And so, if your favorite resort doesn't have an opening in the prime of summer, May, uh, whether it's you know, pre-opener even is okay because of the pan fishing opportunities that we have in the county, uh, or September. So, if um, or obviously October, but but if you know if if you're if you're planning on coming to Ottertail County this summer, you 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 had better be making your plans now because uh, the good the good uh, the good resorts fill up fast. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, fall is a good time to go up there. You know, obviously, I've been through there in the fall quite a bit, but we went up and filmed that musky show up there. And the North Shore, I think, gets a lot of the attention when it comes to the, the leaf colors and the changing of the colors in the fall. But I'll tell you what, you got plenty of trees that change colors in Ottertail County. And uh, with some of those fall fishing or hunting opportunities there, uh, that's a pretty neat destination in the fall, too. I, I lived in Duluth. I love Duluth. I love the North Shore. But I would put that Pelican Rapids to Dent, uh, Maplewood State Park. If, if you're into that fall vibe, fall colors, whether it's fishing or hunting or hiking or biking or whatever it is, Maplewood State Park is 
in my humble opinion, top five for for fall colors. And and again, you're you're close to Pelican Rapids. You're close to Dent. You're not far from Perham. You're just north of Fergus Falls. Um, so so you're absolutely right. Fall can be a fantastic time. And and uh, again, that that May you know opener is middle of May, and 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 usually you can find a few openings as far as getting away. Um, between May and, and, and Memorial Day. Well, Eric, if somebody wants to plan a summer trip, maybe a fall trip or a late ice fishing trip, and they want to bring Tiny along and her bone that she's whipping around the room right now, uh, what should they do? They could go to ottertaillakescountry.com and they can find their inner otter there. Well, the ice fishing season doesn't seem to be slowing down despite it being near the end. It's kind of bonus time for those that like to fish out on the hard water. Uh, although the temperature definitely starting to feel a little bit warmer. It's starting to feel like spring. We've seen a lot of Canada geese kind of migrating up into the area a little bit. So we are close, but there's definitely still a lot of ice out there. And uh, David, you've been actually out chasing. Well, first of all, let's bring up both of you guys, Dan and David, because both of you guys did a little bit of fishing this past weekend. Only one was in a boat and one was on hard water. Yeah. And you guys both caught the same amount of fish. Well, I, I might have caught more than Dan, just nothing worth keeping. Same. How do you know how many I caught? <laughs> I don't. I'm I taking offense to this. You're just assuming. <laughs> I thought you didn't catch anything. Well, I, that's not They true. caught a moon eye. A moon eye. Oh. <laughs> that's what they got. Fish is a fish. It's one. The, the tug is the drug. Singular. Well, that's for the imagination to oh, I caught at least... Five. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Pictures Prove it. or it didn't happen. Prove More it. than one. All right. Well, I want to I hear about how you did that, and we're going to talk a little uh, panoptics tips. We're also going to bring on the award-winning Joe Henry right now from Lake of the Woods Tourism, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brett. Appreciate it. And the crowd goes wild. Uh, what, were, what was the award? What were you doing? Yeah, well, you know, uh, last week we had the uh, uh, Explore Minnesota Tourism Conference, and uh, to my surprise, I was uh, awarded the, the Tourism Professional of the Year, which was uh, very very honored, very humbled to receive such a prestigious award. And Obviously, you I had just... blackmail on somebody. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, I had blackmailed. Boy, I tell you, I'd sent, I had everybody, I could, all my friends and relatives send in letters, you know, of support. No, just kidding. Um yeah, no, it, it was a very, very nice honor. And, you know, uh, um, tourism in Minnesota is a, a very big and very important industry. You know, uh, they say that for every dollar um, of lodging tax, or sorry, uh, for every dollar of lodging spent in Minnesota, there's about a five to seven time trickle down effect to the local economies. So, you know, when we get tourism going, if we get tourists coming to our destinations, that feeds the entire economy, not just the resorts, not just fishing. It's gas, booze, fishing, hardware stores. I can go on and on, you know, but it's good for everybody. And that's that's what tourism's all about. And it's, uh, it's important to, to keep our small communities rocking. Absolutely. Uh, and that there would be a lot of small communities that wouldn't be here if it weren't for the outdoor tourism aspect, hunters and anglers going to these small communities and and uh, pumping some money into those economies. You know, and that brings up another discussion. And maybe this discussion is for another day, Joe. Uh but it, it ties into the amount of pressure that's getting put on not just Lake of the Woods, but a lot of lakes, whether it's from wheelhouse usage or, um, you know, better electronics. So, David, we, we were talking about 
pan optics a little bit and live scope and and how that's affected your fishing and nowadays everybody's got these forward-facing sonar technology it seems like in their boats or in their fish houses if they're out there in the winter time somebody another biologist sent out a fishing report on one of our lakes and he said that a lot of people have been bringing up to him you know what what is this additional pressure in these uh increased i mean the, the argument always comes up every time there's an advancement in electronics it's like oh here we go you know underwater cameras are gonna they're gonna catch every fish in the lake and you know better electronics come out they're gonna fish every they're gonna catch every fish in the lake and obviously you still have to catch the fish but we've talked a lot about how what it is going to do probably all these things all this pressure covid the increase in license sales the increased pressure there's definitely fish getting caught they're probably going to lower limits i'd assume and, and not just on you know maybe lake of the woods i know you guys have, have altered limits here in the, in the recent years but i think everywhere you're gonna you're just gonna end up seeing a decrease in limits and in, in harvest and what you can catch what does that mean from a tourism perspective, that that's always hard, right? Because you don't want any sort of negative. Oh, you can't keep as many fish now, but at the same time, you have to look to the future for sustainability, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I would say a few things on that. So first off, it's my understanding that when they came out with Vexlars, that people said, oh man, the fish don't have a chance now. And then it was underwater cameras and now it's the, the panoptics or forward facing sonars or the hummingbirds or whatever. You know, so I don't know what it means, but I'll tell you what, number one, and, and I know the DNR takes a lot of hits. Yeah. Very thankful for our local DNR biologists because, you know, um, we're a large lake. So consequently, they, we have large lake specialists that work on our lake every single year and they're keeping information as far as test netting, seine netting, uh, creel surveys, uh, documenting how much pressure's on our lake. You know, all those stats that we can look at, look for trends. And that really helps, I think, those guys make uh, a guesstimation on, you know, is our lake, is our lake healthy? Uh, is the fishing pressure on a lake sustainable? Is it that, you know, because we have that slot limit, 19 and a half to 28 inches, right now the DNR believes that our lake is sustainable, meaning it's not in trouble. However, if you take 10 walleyes and put them in a bathtub and have two anglers fishing, and now you add two more anglers, you know, perhaps the same amount of fish are going to be caught, maybe a little bit more, but you're just dividing them more. So your your catch rate per person goes down. I mean, those are all things to consider. How come we're not catching as many of those, uh, those uh, nicer walleyes as we used to? Well, looking at right now, it, we, we can see that there is a, a, a not a real good spawning class coming all the way through and we're marking what, what, what they think is in the lake is typically what anglers are catching. I'll tell you the other thing, when, when the winter is over, we always hear stuff in February because February mm -hmm. is a tougher month of ice fishing. When we get out in that open water and people start catching these nice walleyes because they can move around and stuff, the, the comments, where in the heck are these fish in February? In the winter. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like yeah. that happens so, every year. Exactly. It does happen every year. And so anyway, I, I, I think the DNR's perspective, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to speak for them, but I can tell you what I've, I've heard is that, hey, listen, you know, we're not saying everything is perfect. We're not worried like things are in danger, but what we're looking at is, hey, Let's manage this thing. Let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it every single year. In fact, I'm part of the Lake of the Woods Fisheries Input Group, which uh, we're meeting at the end of the month. And, you know, we'll get a, a state of the lake report. We'll get an idea of what folks are thinking. Um, 
Yeah. So, but 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 again, it, it it's all these things. Hey, here's the other thing. You want to talk about technology? Put more pressure on fish. You know, we talk about wheelhouses, and like anything in life, there's pros and cons. You know, wheelhouses are tough in the sense that there's so many more people fishing. They have lines down 24-7 because it's so comfortable to be out on the ice. Now, the flip side of that, the positive side is, boy, it's getting people and kids and families yeah. out ice fishing that maybe otherwise wouldn't be fishing. It's really comfortable. It's enjoyable. Um, so, so there's pros and cons to everything in life. And the bottom line is it does put more pressure, I think, on our fisheries. So every lake, every river has to be managed in a way that it's going to be sustainable. People naturally think that, oh, Joe, you're part of the resort community up at Lake of the Woods, so you want to keep as much as you can for the resorts. That is not true. Our perspective of the majority of our resort owners is that I have my business on this natural resource that really I rely on so people come up and visit me. I'm looking at sustainability first and then other things second because without the natural resources, I have nothing. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, I I work with a lodge in Saskatchewan where pretty much everything is all catch and release because we want to protect that fishery. And obviously, we're not up there trying to catch walleyes for a fish fry or anything. It's a little bit different situation. But when you have the trophy fishing that you have at Lake of the Woods, I'll say it a hundred times, that slot limit is about the best thing that could have happened up there for big big fish catching. And our trip up there this summer, I mean, we've never caught more walleyes on a fishing, more big walleyes like that on a fishing trip. And uh, a lot of them are in that slot. I get some people criticizing that slot limit. You know, everybody has the right to their opinion. I I respect it. I will say this, you know, uh, and I've guided on Lake Erie where they keep every fish. But, you know, um, if if our slot limit on Lake of the Woods is 19 and a half to 28 inches must be returned to the water. You can keep one over 28 if you want to mount. And, of course, you keep your fish under 19 and a half. Number one, the fish under 19 and a half are the best eaters. You know, when you come out with a plate of fish, which pieces of fish get taken first? It's the small ones. It's because they taste the best. N- number two, if why is it 19 and a half to 28? On Lake of the Woods, a 19 and a half inch female walleye becomes reproductive fish. So that's why it starts at 19 and a half. You know, thirdly, if we didn't have a slot limit, how many of those 25 inch fish or everything around them would be going in coolers and going home? Yeah. I'm shocked when I see those pictures from Erie of those 10 pounders getting getting slabbed, you know? people keeping all those big fish. It just, I can't believe it. You know, well, and I'll tell you, and I, when I first moved out there, I tell you what, I was on a head boat and I threw a 25 incher back over the side of the boat. I thought I was gonna get lynched. <laughs> I mean, uh, honest to goodness, they couldn't believe I threw that fish back and it's just culture, but you know what? Yeah. Out of fairness to that wonderful natural resource, you know, it's a good walleye lake and they just keep producing so many walleyes. They believe the lake can withstand that pressure. There's a lot of lake out of Lake Erie. A lot of that lake doesn't get fished. All right, Joe, people want to want to come up for uh, late ice fishing, maybe do some open water fishing on the Rainy River when it's open during our party on April 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th. Uh, or if they want to plan some summer trips, where should they go for more info? You know what? Uh, fa- Facebook, Instagram are great resources for you know day-to-day information. If you want to find our information up there coming up there, check out our website, Lake of the Woods MN.com. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts, or go to FindingFins.com and make sure to like our sponsors. Looking for winter adventure? Might as well pick a place with over 1,000 lakes. 
Ottertail County, Minnesota is in the middle of everywhere, offers a simpler pace, and has something for everyone. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com.